The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. This podcast is brought to you by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get your next quote at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for making Cruise Radio part of your day. Very happy to have you here. Coming up on this week's show, we'll get a review of Carnival Victory. Sherry Kennedy is standing by with Cruise News. And don't forget, if you want to catch up on all of our talking points and our Cruise News, you can find that on our website at cruiseradio.net. Or come join our Facebook group at Cruise Radio News. We'd love to have you in there and kick around the cruise conversation with us. All right. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. So the cruise lines had a call a couple of days ago to update the status of the Caribbean and the ports uh, impacted by the hurricanes. Uh, What did we learn from this call? Well, uh, we did learn that Royal Caribbean, uh, they offered an update. This was the first thing out of the chute. And they said of the 50 ports in the Caribbean that they sailed to, only four were really severely affected, and that was St. Martin, St. Thomas, St. Croix, and San Juan. And Royal Caribbean expects them to be back by the end of November. And then Holland America and Carnival chimed in, and they agreed also that they're not going to rush back if the guest experience would be at all compromised. So no one's really going to go back until everything looks great and is 100%. And they did say that it looks like Grand Turk, which everybody loves to go to. That should be up uh, and running within the next 30 days and be fully operational. So that's some good news. And uh, they said uh, if you were to drive around Old Town in San Juan, you know, where the ships dock, they said it looks completely fine, and El Moro, the fortress that you see as you come around the approach, that's completely fine, which you would sort of think it would be considering it's 500 mm. years old. <laughs> right. um, the rainforest, El Yunque, was really severely damaged, as you can imagine, with yeah. the elevation and all the, the foliage. So no date uh, for shore excursions to return to the rainforest were given as yet. So that's kind of sad, and, uh, you know, the whole thing was... Puerto Rico is very sad, but we're not going down that road. <laughs> yeah, well, you you just said that Royal Caribbean sailed to 50 ports in the Caribbean and four were impacted? Yes, that's that, correct. It's amazing to me how people think the Caribbean is out of commission when there's, what, 46 ports that are open and ready for business. Yeah, I mean, they are open and ready for business. There may be some debris, some little bit of damage, but yeah, basically all the other ports are up and running. I did uh, read a little bit about Dominica and they are having some problems inland, but uh, I don't know if the entire port is open yet mm-hmm. in Roseau, but uh, that remains to be seen. I haven't read anything lately about that, and, um, you know, it's, it is a little bit more limited since it's so far um, in the southern Caribbean. Not everybody goes there. Also some news that came out a couple hours ago. Uh, Carnival will be going back to Grand Turk with their first ship being Carnival Ecstasy on November 1st. Yay. So Everyone good. loves going to Grand Tour. Yeah, totally. Uh, and speaking of Carnival, uh, FEMA, 
They chartered Carnival Fascination. We briefly heard from John Held last week as he talked to us about that. Uh, but what, is the, what are the full details on this? Yeah, the full details. And by the way, that was a great little segue that you just gave. Um, Carnival Cruise Line just announced, uh, of course, that FEMA has chartered the Carnival Fascination. It's going to be for a three-month period, and it began last October 15th. And the reason it was chartered is to provide housing for the relief workers that are going to the U.S. Virgin Islands, which again would be uh, St. Thomas and St. Croix. Um, but Carnival is really helping everyone. So those who were booked on this ship between the cancellation date and mid-February, when the ship is expected to return the service, uh, everyone's been notified from either the cruise line or their travel agent. And refunds are being automatically processed so you don't have to fret and worry, you know, that um, you haven't made the phone call. They're automatically doing it. And they've also reached out to um, the airline partners in hopes of waiving any change fees and also um, dealing with any non-refundables that were involved. But in a nutshell, this means that the ship's departures through January 28th are just canceled, period. Um, and they do expect the Carnival Fascination to return to its former year-round service from San Juan, and that's scheduled to begin on February 18th of next year. I read from an unofficial source that FEMA paid $87 million for the three-month charter. Wow, more free burgers. Right. <laughs> well, and, and no speaking, wonder, guys. Yeah, speaking oh. of free burgers, you know, Carnival Fascination doesn't have Funship 2.0, but once this charter or yeah, once this charter is over at the end of January, uh, Fascination is going into a two-week dry dock to get Guy's Burger Joint and all those uh, Funship 2.0 upgrades. Yeah, I just heard that, too, because, uh, you know, you figure with all the, the workers and everything on the ship, it's going to need a little bit of... Uh, of um, cosmetic makeover. So I'm glad to hear they're going to add uh, Guy Fieri burgers. And Guy Fieri is uh, back at it again with a new restaurant on the upcoming Carnival Horizon. Yeah, it just, just keeps on going. Right? This one is for beer and barbecue. Carnival just announced they're going to introduce a new type of Guy Fieri restaurant on the upcoming Carnival Horizon. The new eatery will actually be a 138-seat sit-down brew house and it's interesting because during the daytime, it's going to be complimentary lunch, but come evening time after 5 p.m., it will be fee-based for evening dining. But that's okay. Yeah, and I was looking at the menu. Um, well, they told me some of the menu prices, and it's between like $5 for appetizers and entrees on the evening will start around $10 for like the pulled pork, the brisket, the salmon, mm-hmm. and all that. So the prices didn't seem too bad. In fact, I mean, really, barbecue pricing isn't that expensive anyways. No, it's not. And, and uh, you know, if you've been on, the, what's the pig and the anchor? Yeah, pig it? and anchor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be that, basically. Yep. At nighttime, though, which is nice. I like it. Yep. Um, yeah. Looks like we have one more Carnival story here, uh, where Carnival Conquest just received an adults-only area. Yeah, yay. Yay for serenity, right? <laughs> exactly. Yep. This is an area that's reserved for guests 21 years and older, and on the Carnival Conquest, the Serenity is located on the forward part of the ship, and it's going to stretch out over decks 12 and 14, because there is no 13. <laughs> but for those who haven't sailed on a ship that features the Serenity area, it's, of course, meant for adults only. They have hammocks and chaise lounges. They've got those, um, what do you call them, like covered clamshells yeah, <laughs> and hot tubs, and this one will have a bar. But... Um, Unlike the loungers, you know, around the pool, the plastic ones with the slats, 
the ones in the Serenity area have thick cushions, which is kind of nice. I love it. Um, hopefully, they'll, it'll be enforced for 21 and up. Let's hope. Yeah. Um, you know, every time I've walked through there, I really, I haven't seen any kids. Have you? No, you, you know, I, I never, I never have. But then again, I've never really, I don't really sail during the summertime because that's when all the kids sail. So that True. sounds like I hate kids. I don't hate kids. But I mean, I normally don't <laughs> sail during that time of year. So yeah, who knows? We'll see though. Maybe one of us will see one day. Uh, Royal Caribbean, they, uh, we mentioned this kind of earlier, but they uh, have set their return to St. Thomas. What are the details here? Yeah, as we mentioned earlier, they're going to return to St. Thomas on November 10th, and that will be the Adventure of the Seas, which uh, will be the first time since September that it's been there. And and this is kind of interesting. Uh, Working with the U.S. Virgin Islands, Royal Caribbean is committed to completing the restoration of Megan's Bay. And if you've ever been to St. Thomas, you've probably been there for snorkeling or just wetting your toes in the water. It's a beautiful beach. And the grand reopening is planned uh, when the Adventure of the Seas gets there on November 10th. And then a little bit more details coming out. Uh, we sort of mentioned it earlier, but uh, also re- in addition to returning to St. Thomas, they're, you know, they're going to go back to San Juan and St. Martin all by the end of November. But um, those dates haven't been released yet. You know, it's speaking of St. Thomas and the St. John area, not really cruise-related, but uh, Kenny Chesney, of course, had a home in St. John right across the bay there, and he lost his home. He just chartered a big plane from Alabama, I think, and loaded it up with generators and shovels and chainsaws, and he flew it right to St. John. So really cool that he's uh, he's pitching in to help. And it's not just for him. It's actually for the residents of St. John for who don't have power yet. Yeah. It's good to see like even the big stars pitching in and, and helping the livelihood of these small islands. They should be paying it forward because if it wasn't for the other people, they wouldn't be where they are. Last but not least, Royal Caribbean has detailed their upcoming Symphony of the Seas. What you got? Yeah, they just announced their new details, and, and when it's built, the vessel will then be able to claim the title of largest cruise ship in the world, and that will be in April of 2018, and the ship will, uh, of course, sail in an, an inaugural season in Europe. Um, there's a lot of enhancements, a lot of new little, um, you know, um, what do they call it, um, sparkling gold objects and things. Yeah. They're going to have a new boardwalk, a uh, new boardwalk neighborhood, if you've ever been on one of the ships that have that. Um, what they're adding is a Playmaker sports bar and arcade. Apparently, if you're into watching the big games, they're going to have uh, 30 big screen TVs. So you can just uh, hang out there the whole cruise and, and, mm-hmm. and get your, your game fix if you need it. And then right next to the carousel um, is going to be a place called Sugar Beach. No, it's not a beach. It's actually a candy and ice cream shop. And other additions include um, the Ultimate Abyss, which they're saying will be taller than the version that's on the upcoming Harmony of the Seas. And yes, there's still going to be a Johnny Rockets, I'm happy to say. Um, They're introducing a new family suite, which will be two levels. This is kind of weird. Um, It sounds great, though. They're going to have a slide from the kids' bedroom to the living room below, a floor-to-ceiling Lego wall, and there's going to be an air hockey table. In addition, they're having this uh, separate, this is kind of neat, 3D movie theater-style TV room with a popcorn machine <laughs> and a library of video games. And then the outside, of course, there's going to be a huge balcony with a full-size hot tub. And if you're wondering what the size of this suite is going to be, 
1,346 square feet. So it's like having your own condo at sea, a two-story condo. You can fit up to eight people into it, and there will be a butler. Okay. Wow, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) That's all for the suite. There's also new dining options. They're going to have the first New England-style fresh seafood and a large raw bar, and it's called Hooked Seafood. And uh, last but not least, uh, they're going to still have the Voom high-speed internet, virtual balconies for the inside folks, and it's going to accommodate over 5,500 guests. They just keep making them bigger and bigger. Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you. Thanks, Doug. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at CruiseRadio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Want more Cruise Radio? Find a library of over 400 episodes on iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. Adam and his family just returned from a four-night Western Caribbean sailing aboard Carnival Cruise Line's Carnival Victory out of Miami. They went to Key West in Cozumel right before Hurricane Irma hit. First off, Adam, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So this is a pretty cool itinerary. Love Key West. Love Cozumel. So we'll start from the beginning. What made you want to book this cruise? We were originally going to go on the uh, Oasis of the Seas, and my wife had kind of... uh, Seen some things online where she wasn't maybe sure about taking that cruise, and uh, we ended up canceling it and booked on with the group cruise for uh, the Donahoe's, the sea cruisers online. I'm not sure if you know who they are. Okay. Yeah, and uh, anyway, so that's going in January on the seaside for MSC, and uh, so we kind of did this as a a holdover, you know, kind of tie us over to get to January. Okay, nice. So you're up there in Knoxville, Tennessee. The ship left out of Miami. Uh, Did you drive down? Yeah, we drove, and uh, we actually let my mom fly in because she's got some mobility issues. We picked her up from Fort Lauderdale Airport on the uh, Sunday before the cruise. How many hours total is that from Knoxville to Miami? Because I know know from here it's like just under six. I think if we did it all in one shot, it's like 12 or 12 and a half, but we broke it up. We stopped in St. Augustine for a couple nights on the way down, and then we did one night in Fort Lauderdale before uh, we picked up mom from the airport on Sunday. And uh, then we did the uh, park and sale uh, mm-hmm. package at the uh, Red Roof in Miami. Okay, cool. Now, uh, you get to Port Miami. How was that embarkation for you? Pretty good. It, it would have been a lot better 
we had done the online check-in and we had linked our passports up and it was a lot different. We, we've been on the uh, fascination out of Jacksonville before and uh, it was a lot different where it was kind of seemed like everybody got there at the same time. They had the staggered check-in time in Miami. So everybody wasn't piling in at once. Uh, there were some queuing lines and whatnot, but it moved pretty quickly. And if we hadn't had to wait on a, a wheelchair assistant for my mom to get on board, we actually pretty much would have been able to walk straight on board without even having to stop at the counter. So it, there was a little bit of a kink there with having to wait on the wheelchair assistant. But other than that, it was pretty simple. So with the wheelchair assistance from curb to ship, how long did it take? I would say probably about 45 minutes, okay. maybe 50 minutes, but it probably would have been like 10 minutes if we hadn't had to wait on that. Gotcha. So you walk on Carnival Victory. What were your first impressions of the ship? She's kind of an older ship. You know, just standing in the cruise terminal, it was, uh, you could tell that it was a lot bigger. You know, we'd been on the Fascination before. This is our second cruise. And you could tell that it was uh, obviously a much bigger ship. I liked it pretty good. I think my wife, overall, after we were done with the trip, she was saying that she kind of liked the Fascination more. Um, I honestly, I don't know if that was just because of fond memories of our first cruise or if there was actually something, you know, tangible that she could say that, you know, she really, uh, you know, liked more about the Fascination. But I, I like the ship fine. I think it was obviously a little bit newer than the Fascination, a little bit bigger than the Fascination. And uh, we, I, we had a good time. You get on the ship. What's the first thing that you guys do? Well, kind of like everybody, we went straight up to the uh, to the buffet area. And uh, with a little bit of a delay we had, uh, there was a delay getting uh, to the ship from the uh, hotel with our shuttle and then the delay at the uh, cruise port there that we had. Um, a lot of people had kind of gotten on the ship before us, and the, the Lido area was really crowded. But, um, you know, that, that that's the first thing we did, like, you know, a lot of people. Okay. Now, uh, your stateroom, what kind of stateroom did you book, and what did you think of it? Uh, we had an inside cabin, and it was on the second floor. My mom and uh, my aunt's cabin was up on the sixth floor, also an inside cabin. And uh, we liked it pretty well, you know. Um a lot of people complain about inside uh, cabins being too small. And, um, you know, both of our cruises, we thought we had plenty of room. You know, it wasn't a big deal. The only thing that we had any issue with really was the uh, placement of the outlets seemed mm-hmm. to be kind of lacking. I use a uh, sleep machine at night mm-hmm. and I uh, had a stretch of cord over from the vanity. Gotcha. But um, other than that, we, we didn't have any problems with the room whatsoever. How did the ship ride uh, down there on deck two? Like, did you feel every single movement, or was it pretty smooth? I know some people online kind of say that uh, you know you can feel a lot of uh, you know engine, you know shutter or whatever. And our situation was a little bit strange, being that we were um, half the cruise we were basically trying to get back to port early because of Irma. And I don't know if we felt more vibration than we would have if it hadn't been for the ship going at basically full speed. But we we felt it a little bit, but it was never anything that bothered us. In fact, I almost felt like it helped me get to sleep right. at night a little bit easier. <laughs> uh, talking about dining on board Carnival Victory, let's start at the main dining room. How was that? Uh, the main dining room was good. I'm a, a bigger guy. I'm 6'5", 350 pounds, and um, the tables, a lot of them don't move in the uh, dining room we were in. And um, so we did have to ask for a different table. Just, uh, you know, I could have made it work, but it would it was just a lot easier to uh, to get a different table. But um, the dining room's fine. I did kind of miss the um, tablecloths. You know, I know some people kind of 
complaint online about uh, they them taking those away with the new dining, uh, you know, way that they do the dining. But uh, I did kind of miss those. But uh, the food was fine. Um, on our first cruise, we were kind of a little reluctant to order multiple dishes just because we weren't sure how all that worked. Being a little more experienced now, we went ahead and ordered, you know, anything we wanted. And, you know, unlike on the first cruise where there's some nights we didn't like the food so much, this time we pretty much always found something that we liked uh, each night. So it was good. What was your favorite meal in the main dining room? There was one night, in fact, my wife uh, just last night looked up the recipe for it, that they had this pumpkin soup. And uh, it seems like probably kind of an odd thing to remember, but it was just... Uh, for some reason, it was remarkable. It was really good, so awesome. we, we enjoyed that. Cool. Now, the Lido Deck Buffet area, how was that experience for you? We ate there mostly for um, breakfast. We only had one sea day, so you know we were in port for uh, lunch uh, both days. It was fine. I, I think the food was all good. Um, seems like sometimes the, uh, the sweet items, uh, the desserts and stuff, are sometimes a little bland. Mm-hmm. But, you know, overall, everything was good. I, I didn't have anything to complain about. Yeah, for some reason, this ship got uh, overlooked when it came to the, uh, like the Guy's Burger Joint and the Blue Iguana Tequila Bar, the or uh, not Blue Iguana Tequila Bar, but the Blue Iguana Cantina, and I think the Seafood yeah. Shack. It has none of those things. So um, pretty basic ship. Does it even have a steakhouse on there, or did you do it? Uh, it doesn't have a steakhouse. Okay. It does have the Seafood Shack, which okay. was really good. We ate that for lunch on the sea day, and... Um, it was well worth the upcharge. I was a little, and my wife was even more disappointed than I was. I was a little disappointed too, um, because I thought that uh, for some reason I thought at this point all the ships had been upgraded to have uh, guys uh, burger joint, mm-hmm. and um, we were a little disappointed. We found out, uh, realized maybe two or three weeks before the cruise that they didn't have it, and so you know my wife said you're not going to be in charge of booking a cruise again and I'm, I'm taking charge of that you know it's so funny you say that because uh, on sunday i'm going on carnival fascination out of port canaveral it's doing like it's doing like a one-off cruise because of the san juan area being messed up right now yeah, yeah. so i'm going on that cruise and for the past year i thought it went to dry dock and got the uh, guys burger joint in blue iguana cantina before it went down to san juan after it left here in jacksonville well, I learned last night that, no, it, it just has the outdoor, what is it, the pool grill bar by the pool? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, wow, I thought there was this uh, guy's burger joint, but I guess uh, I was wrong. So I'm in the same boat with you on that one. I was, yeah, uh, come on, Carter, we'll get yeah, your act together. Exactly. Guys on every ship. Yeah, totally. Uh, for entertainment on this four-night cruise, uh, how was that for you? We kind of changed it up from the last time. Last time we went, we kind of focused on hitting up all the shows in the main theater and uh, we kind of uh, left that cruise feeling like that we missed out. You know, there's there's no way to see everything on any cruise. You're, you're going to have, you know, where uh, two things are going to be scheduled at the same time. You like to do both. You can't do both. So this time we skipped a lot of the sh- uh, shows in the main theater and opted to, do, you know, go see like the comedian. We went to the uh, karaoke bar. We did go see the gender battle in the uh, main theater. And actually I helped... Uh, Helped the guys team win, and that was fun. You know, we had a good time. The comedians were funny. One of them was a little probably raunchy, but, you know, I, I'm, it's hard to offend me. I kind of like everything. So uh, for some folks, it may have been a little bit much, but it was fun. And uh, the karaoke bar, there were a lot of people on there that could really actually sing very well. I, you know, I thought, you know, 
Uh, I don't really do karaoke bars much, but I've always kind of thought of them as, you know, people go in there who, you know, really can't sing and don't mm-hmm. have any business, uh, you know, behind the microphone. But uh, there was a lot of people in there that could really sing very well. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, for the sea days on this cruise, you said you only had one sea day? Yeah. And yeah. how was that? In this situation, it was a little tense because everybody was kind of trying to figure out what was going on with, uh, you know, our itinerary. Was it going to be cut short? Um, what time were we getting back to port? You know, what we're going to do about uh, the storm and everything. But, um, you know, overall, you know, most of the day was, was not very tense. We'd kind of made a decision that no matter what happened, we were going to just go with the flow, try and have a good time, um, and, you know, and, and rely on, uh, you know, the fact that we had trip insurance and all that kind of stuff to kind of bail us out if we ended up having a problem. And so we had a good time, you know. Um, I know sometimes uh, on the show you, you talk about uh, some ships can seem crowded on sea days. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have any trouble with that. You know, we had, we had a good time. There wasn't any, any issue, really. So the ports you hit on this sailing were Key West and Cozumel. So what did you do in Key West? In Key West, we decided to go on the uh, the tour, the trolley tour. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to be able to hop on and hop uh, hop off of that. Um, unfortunately, we didn't realize that uh, because my mom had the mobility scooter, that uh, apparently they limit you to uh, getting off and on there at uh, uh, was it at Mallory Square? Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the main square there. Yeah. Yeah, and so that was a little frustrating. We we got uh, you know about halfway around the tour and decided we were going to try and get off, and the driver was like, "Oh, you know what? I'm sorry, we can't do that." But um, we, we did the tour. Um, we got a lot of information. It was a good way to see the island. Um, I feel like on that itinerary, it, it's got kind of what seems like to me a short, a really short stay in, in Key West. It uh, feels like we were only there for like maybe four, four and a half hours. So I don't know what else we could have done much. But uh, after we got off the tour, we went and uh, hit up one of the Key Lime Pie Shops. You got to do that, mm-hmm. I guess. Totally. And, uh, you know, we had a good time. Awesome. And how about Cozumel? What did you do over there? Cozumel, we had done uh, quite a bit of research, and we were supposed to be there pretty late. You know, we got cut short, uh, had to leave early because of the storm. But um, we were going to go to a, a resort, all-inclusive type resort for the day. And then uh, after they closed, go out and uh, have dinner in the evening. Ended up obviously having to do just uh, go back to the ship. But we ended up going to Chonkanob. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, that's it. And uh, I'd kind of looked around online at the different, uh, you know, you got Mr. Sancho's and you've got uh, Paradise Beach and a couple of other ones. And it seemed like to me that uh, Chonkanob had probably the, the best blend of things to do Besides just sit on the beach, uh, it looked like they had really good snorkeling, uh, had plenty of uh, paved uh, paths for uh, my mom with the mobility scooter. So we opted to go there, and uh, we had a really good time. My mom and my aunt ended up going and uh, getting a tour from one of the uh, guides there at the uh, resort. And my wife and I went and did the uh, snorkeling. Had some amazing views underwater there, a lot of uh, amazing fish and, and, and everything to look at. And uh, then we had the lunch there. It was uh, $20 a person, all-you-can-eat, uh, Mexican-style uh, buffet. Uh, that even included beer. None of us uh, part- partook in the beer, but, uh, you know, it's definitely good to know if yeah. you want to go and, and uh, have everything included, $20. You really hardly can't beat that. So uh, we had a good time. 
Awesome. Now, you've mentioned Hurricane Irma a couple of times throughout the interview. How did that whole storm situation play out while you were on the ship? Like, did the ship keep you informed? Um, did the ship get back to port early? Like, what all played out there? Yeah, we ended up getting back to port about 12 hours early. I feel like, you know, there was a lot of uh, negative feedback and stuff online. And then there were a lot of people even on the ship who obviously didn't make it as much a priority to have to be committed to having a good time. You know, you could tell there were some people who were annoyed and frustrated and the, the lines at the uh, guest services desk were always really long. I don't know if that's typical, but uh, there was never a time where you're like, oh, the line's short. I'm going to go over there and take care of something. Because I kept putting off, you know, I had a couple of gift cards that I had bought that I wanted to add to our sign and sell account. And there was just never a time when it was like, oh, I'll just pop over there and get it taken care of. The line was always long. I feel like they probably could have done a better job keeping us informed about what was going on. But I imagine that, um, you know, they probably gave us as much information as they could. I feel like mm. it was a changing situation. They probably didn't know exactly what was going to happen so they probably gave us the information as fast as they could, but I just I felt like we could have been a little more better informed. I think they um, ended up telling us Tuesday evening after we left Key West that Cozumel was going to be cut short. We were supposed to be there until 10 p.m., I believe, uh, ship time, and we ended up leaving at 5.30. They also informed anybody who you know wanted to get off at Cozumel to fly home from Cozumel or Cancun uh, that they could do that and then I think it was the next morning before Cozumel that they actually informed us actually it may have been that morning before they told us we could get off the ship and then Wednesday afternoon when we got back on the ship from Cozumel they informed us that uh we would probably be getting back to Miami around 8 30 I'm trying to think of the timeline. I may be mistaken. So, about so you that. got there like 12 hours earlier, just to kind of were you able to debark whenever you got there, and like if you wanted to get off the ship, you couldn't head home. Yeah, they said basically anybody who was going to carry off their own bags that they could do that um, that night as soon as we got back. I think we were supposed to get there about 8:30, and we were able to start disembarking around 10 or 10:30. And uh, anybody who wanted to have their bags carried off the ship by the uh, crew would have to wait until the next morning. Gotcha. So, cool. yeah, we ended up getting the trip cut short. And then I think they ended up actually deciding to allow people who had been, um, their flights had been canceled to uh, stay on the ship and go back out with the crew to avoid the storm in Miami. Wow. Interesting. Wow. That's got to be an intense situation to be in. Well, the disembarkation process, you mentioned about the bags and all that. Um, when you got off the ship, how was the customs process? I'm imagining that they're not used to uh, doing that whole process in that late in the evening. So it, it seemed like it was pretty quick. I mean, they basically uh, just asked to see everybody's passport, mm -hmm. you know, looked you over real quick and then waved you through. There was little to no uh, delay at all. So it was uh, really quick. I was surprised, you know, from the time we left the room to the time we were standing on the curb may have been 20, 25 minutes max. Okay. So, Do you have any first-time tips for someone sailing Carnival Victory? I had kind of looked online a little bit to find, I'd heard that there were like what they call hidden decks or something where you can actually walk around the front of the ship. And uh, so I'd gone online to look and see. I think, you know, people had said that you could do that on uh, deck six and seven. And uh, I even asked uh, when I was looking for it uh, right after Sail Away Party, 
uh, or during the sailaway party, rather, uh, one of the crew members, and they're like, no, you can't go to the front of the ship on any deck. So even some of the crew, I don't think, realizes that exists. But, yeah, if you want to have a good view uh, coming into port or leaving port, um, deck six and seven is pretty cool. Biggest highlight of the cruise for you? Definitely snorkeling in Cozumel. We had a great time at Chalk and Knob, and uh, I would definitely recommend that. It was well worth the expense. It wasn't really that expensive, but it, it was well worth every penny. So Cool. Well, in closing here, Adam, final thoughts of Carnival Victory? You know, I would definitely go again. Um, you know, we're supposed to go on uh, the uh, seaside, and then we're maybe uh, going to go on a Royal Caribbean. I'm not necessarily going to... Uh, seek out the victory again but mm-hmm. you know i'm always on the lookout for a good deal so i would not hesitate to go on the victory again but uh, you know we've got some other ones we want to hit up first but we enjoyed it and we'll definitely sell on it again if uh if everything lines up awesome adam thanks for sharing your review man all right thank you a big question we get at cruise radio is how do i know if i need trip insurance Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip. Online claims assistance and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.